Thank you for listening to this message from the Northgate. Last time I spoke in here, I talked a little bit about um, when Christ came as a baby. He came so that we could have the form of a relationship because what happened is we fell in love with rules. We fell in love with regulations and we fell in love with stone tablets. And the problem with that is the fact that if you begin to apply the Ten Commandments or you begin to apply Levitical laws or you begin to apply kingdom principles to your life, if you begin to apply certain principles to your life, guess what you're going to have? You're going to have benefits. You're going to have kingdom benefits. that get, Listen, if you live your whole life not murdering somebody, that's going to be a good thing. If you live your whole life not coveting something, that's going to be a good thing. If you live your life and don't steal one time in your life, that's going to be a good thing. If you live your whole life and don't try to hook up with your buddy's wife, that's going to be a good thing. So if you follow the Ten Commandments, there's going to be some awesome things that happen in your life. And so what happens is we see the benefits of kingdom principles, and we see the benefits of kingdom leadership, and we see the benefits that it comes from having counsel. But Jesus came so that he could be the ultimate counselor. Jesus came so that he could be the ultimate prince of peace. Jesus came so that he could be the answer for everything that happens in your life. And so what happens is if we don't watch it because of the principles of the kingdom, a king reigns in his kingdom. And the awesome part is when you have a king that reigns in his kingdom, the king that reigns in a kingdom that is the most amazing kingdom in the universe That kingdom has awesome leaders. That kingdom has awesome principles. And inside of that, sometimes we fall in love with the leaders and the principles more than in love with the king. And when Jesus came, Jesus came so that we could love him and then love everything that is attached to him. And so inside of that, we have to understand sometimes we look beyond the relationship of the king. See, in most kingdoms, you don't have access to the king. But in this kingdom, you have direct access to the king. And so what I love about that is I love that we live in a world today that speaks more about relationship than it does rules. We live in a, in, a, in a teaching of beloved identity, understanding who we are in Christ Jesus, that in Christ I live and move and have my being, that we have to push relationship over religion. And so in that, I want us to begin to understand tonight of why did Jesus come? Because we need to realize that this whole thing was formed off a relationship. So you got to understand why we're even here in the first place is one third of heaven. God doesn't leave anything incomplete. And so if there's anything in your life that's incomplete in this moment, it's not going to remain incomplete. God wants you to live whole. He wants everything around you to be whole. He wants this earth to be whole. Because when he created, it was had, what? It had empty holes. And so all of this happens. We don't talk about how all of this begins to happen. And we need to talk about why this happened. The reason me and you are here in the earth is because Satan wasn't satisfied with who he was. So because he wasn't satisfied with who he was, his main goal is to make sure you never find out who you are. Because he wasn't satisfied with who God called him to be. He wants to make sure that you're never satisfied with who God called you to be. And so he always gets you to look at your sin, your imperfections, your weaknesses, so you can never understand how much you are loved by God. Because if you ever understand how much you are loved by God, that's the first thing you begin to understand. And once you figure out you're by love, you don't look at your weakness and your imperfections anymore because we are told when we're children, where I am weak, he is strong.
And we were taught as little children, yes, Jesus loves me. And that song didn't go, yes, Jesus loves me, but. That's not what we teach our kids. And some of us need to remember right now, what you're teaching your children, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. It's yes, where you are weak. I love looking at my kids going, where you're weak, God's strong. I'm looking at adults in the room and watching by the way of live stream, where you're weak, God's strong. And if you start figuring out where you're weak, God's strong, then you're going to figure out you're not running out of time. This thing's not going to be over tomorrow. We're not going to lose. We are going to win this thing because all things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. And if you are saved, you're called. That means you heard Him call your name to a place of salvation, to an altar where everything changes. Where I am weak, he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And we don't just say it once. You make them sing it again. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. And this is where we got to watch. The next part that we taught them was because the Bible tells me so. And that's where they'll start falling in love with not stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. They'll start falling in love with a written word that should only lead them to one thing. Not a religion, a relationship that, yes, Jesus loves me. Not because the Bible said so. Because the Bible helps me understand a relationship with a God who gave his life so that I could live and go free. And not walk in shame, guilt, anxiety, depression, or fear. It's all through relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a relationship with a book. A relationship. Relationship with God. He loves me. There's no, I, I, I have it written. There's no setbacks in the kingdom of God. There's no setbacks. I told you guys the last time I preached with the Lord began to tell me this. Any man with his hand to the plow in the kingdom going forward. If a man looks back, he's not fit. It did not say he was disqualified. It said it doesn't fit. It's like the putting the circle in the square peg or the square peg in the circle. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit for you to start walking forward and look back. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in God's plan for you to look forward in the greatness that God has for your life. The plan that he has for you. And you look back at anything of yesterday because there is no setback. There's only setups. And even when you mess up, God is setting you up to put you in a place of victory because his blood shed so you could win. I'm going to have Joshua in here more often when I preach. Brother, amen me like that. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. But the question is, what do you do with the gift? What are you doing with the gift of salvation? I love what my apostle said in the kingdom conversations of Brandon and what he said last Friday when he started talking about when you go through the dark night of the soul and he started talking about it again and God begins to empty you out, what is God trying to empty you out? He's trying to empty you out of every bit of yourself. Jesus came so that you could become a new creation in Christ, not just get out of hell. So that you could empty out every bit of an old you that does not require in the plan that God has for you. God wants to empty out your anxiety. He wants to empty out your depression. He wants to empty out your fear. He wants to empty out your doubt. He wants to empty out your second guessing. 
He wants, this is why I love this season called wrestling because we have coaches that begin to get kids to see a direction and we get kids to face adversity head on, not run from conflict, but head it straight on and not with cockiness and not with an attitude, but for setups and looking for paths and looking for ways and looking for direction. And we circle this way so that we can go this way. And we're looking for little ways to create lanes for victory. See, God's trying to direct your life when he's telling you to walk over here. And you're like, I don't want to walk over here. But I'm walking you over here so that you can cut back over here. And I'm trying to get you to come down here so that when you pop your head up and you feel like you're above everything, you're actually going to sneak underneath your enemy and cut to the side of him and duck under him. And you're going to go past him and have victory over him. See, we got to quit second-guessing God when God wants me to go left and he wants me to go right and he wants me to go high and he wants me to go low so that I can get to a high road. We have to stop second-guessing everything that doesn't feel comfortable because when you're in a wrestling match, there's going to be some positions that don't feel comfortable, but you got to trust the process of not where you started but where you're going to end up. What are you worried about where you're at right now? Why are you so worried about where you're at right now? This isn't the end. Why has Lucifer so convinced so many of us to think that we're in the end game? When you actually might be in the beginning. Why do we let the devil so look at us? You let him look internally into your world. And start messing with things and you get frustrated and you start second guessing yourself and you stop believing in yourself. And the moment you stop believing in yourself, you stop believing in what God created and you stop believing in what God has a future for. And I'm telling you, we have to stop second guessing who we are in Christ Jesus. And that's not here in the North Gate. That's across the globe as a whole. God has this thing set up from the beginning for us to have dominion where our feet touched, where my feet, where my feet touch, I should be blessed and have dominion. I always rabbit trail, but I always come back. Lucifer doesn't believe in who he is, so his trick is to get you to not believe in who you are. He takes one third of heaven and gets them to believe they're not loved. They fall. We're here to repopulate the one-third of heaven. We are here to repopulate what was lost because all things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. So God believes that He sends a baby in a manger so that we could have relationship. And through this relationship, there would be a co-laboring that wherever you call residence, wherever you call home, you would have the authority of God to speak life and blessings, whether that's in your biological family, whether that's in your home, your street, your neighborhood, your school. Wherever there is darkness, you can become the light. You can become the light of the world. You can become the fruitfulness that the world has not seen. The prophecy when Jesus comes is not that God is coming so you don't go to hell. Now, I'm going to read it to you. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, And a child will be born. A child will be born to us, 
A son has been given to us. The responsibility of complete dominion will rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be the wonderful one. The extraordinary strategist. The mighty God. The father of eternity. The prince of peace. He has the vast and great dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity to his people. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom to establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness from this time forward and forevermore. The marvelous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it will be finished. That's the prophecy. When Jesus dies on the cross, what does he say? It is finished. What's finished? Anything that you have to deal with because he shed his blood, if you partner with him in his love and his like and his image and everything that he is, you'll have dominion and reign and victory over every single area of your life. There is no losses in the kingdom of God. And anytime you feel like you're screwing this thing up, I'm telling you, it's not a setback, it's a setup. That when Eve, listen, when Eve bites the fruit, immediately Father comes in and says, listen, I understand what he did, and this is going to set up me sending my son that from what? I will literally take out of the womb of Eve a Savior that will bruise its heel on the head of the enemy, and we will win no matter what. I don't care what it looks like today. I've got victory coming tomorrow. And if you're awake, and you're alive, and you got a pulse, and you're here, God's not done with you. God's not done with your family. This thing's not over. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your conversations look like, but negativity's got to go. Complaining's got to go. History don't walk. History does not talk about complainers. History does not listen to me. Hear me. History does not talk about the critics. It talks about the heroes, and heroes don't count the cost. Heroes give their life and their heart. Legends are made from people that do not count the cost. They go after what in their heart they te- are told to go after. I want you to think about that. Quit counting the cost. Quit measuring this thing. Quit looking at this thing from wins and losses. Quit looking at your scorecard. I don't care. I watched the Cleveland Browns be down 17 to 7 today, baby. And I'm telling you, Joe Flacco is a hero because he wasn't counting the cost of three interceptions. Come on, somebody. But if you look at it, God will speak to you through that stuff. And if, watch, if you don't have a relationship with God, then you can't take other people's victories and begin to claim them as your own. If you can't look at winners and say, how did they win? How did this happen? What inside of them makes a winner tick? Winners think differently than critics. Legends think differently than critics. Revolutionaries think different than critics. Come on, somebody hear what I'm saying. Surround yourself with people that believe that, listen, we can make this happen. But you don't understand. We were losing at halftime. It doesn't matter if you're losing at halftime. It wasn't over. What you got to understand, is it over? What you have, is it over? Is it over? It's only over if you give up. It's only over if you give up. 
This is why people need to get back in church. This is why people need to hear preaching. This is why people need to get back in the word of God. Because God said, I sent a son that will have dominion on his shoulders. And it just won't be his dominion. Jesus said, every dominion that I have, I want you to have. He said it in Genesis. He says it over in Revelations. God says, what I have, I want to give to you. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1, where the first talks of dominion happens. And we feel like we begin to lose it. God creates, watch, nothing into something. Quit looking at people and saying, there's nothing there. Yet, 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 this is why we need the word of God. But we need relationship with God more than the word of God. There's nothing there yet till what? God gets a hold of it. So right now, America looks like nothing. Right now, everything looks like nothing till God gets a hold of it. And in God's timing, he's going to get a hold of some things and begin to shape them, that nothing, into a man. He's going to shape that nothing into a revolution. He's going to shape that nothing into history. When God gets a hold of it, he can shape it into whatever he wants. So in Genesis, God takes dirt And he makes man in his image. And this is what he says. This is what he says. This is your heritage. This is yours. Wherever you feel like you're losing, wherever you feel like you're throwing in the towel, it's because somewhere in your life you were moving steps forward and you looked back. You looked back at an old you. You looked back at an old situation. Listen, if I looked at the last 20 years of the Cleveland Browns, And kept looking at that. I wouldn't think they were going to win it all today. At some point. Listen at some point you have to have hope. For a new tomorrow. At some point you got to believe for a better today. If we don't. Then stop having kids. Because kids will outlive us. And when our children's children's children outlive us. We have to believe. That we can create an earth. That they can have dominion. And rule. And reign. And have peace. And prosperity. And hope. And love. And joy. We have to believe. That the worst isn't to come for them. We got to believe the best is coming for them. This is why religion will make you look at yourself rather than what we're supposed to look at. The next generation. The Bible is all about handing something off to our kids, kids, kids. Biggest trick of the enemy is not to get you to cuss, it's not to get you to look at a bad website. It's not to get you to gossip. It's not to get you to dishonor your spouse. Do you know why you do all of that? Because you don't know who you are. No, somebody listen to me. The biggest trick of the enemy is to not get you to go on party, not get you to lie on somebody, not get you to cuss, not get you to steal. That's not his plan. His plan is to make sure you never know how much the Father in heaven loves you. How much you can actually love somebody else to impact somebody else's life because you were made in the image and likeness of God Almighty and God is love. And the moment you find out that you are loved, you are love. We tell everybody God's love. What happens when you find out your love? What happens when you find out your love racing through my veins, my skin, my hair, my eyes, my voice? What happens when I find out that I'm love? This is why the beloved identity message is so big. 
And you got to find God behind your cleft of the rock. And you got to find God under your tree. And you got to find God on your road to Damascus. And you got to find your God the way he created you. Moses wasn't going to find him on Damascus Road because he was a shepherd. He found him in a rock. Somebody hear me. And Paul wasn't going to find him under a fig tree like Nathaniel because that was Nathaniel's place. Where's your place that you meet God and he starts telling you that you can change the world? If that's your place, don't leave your place. I don't care who tries to come up and tell you to leave your place. Don't leave your place. Don't leave your place. And don't leave your people that make you believe in the impossible. Don't leave your people. You go get around the people and you get around the place that makes you believe you are loved by Abba above everything in your life. Because that's where change starts happening. That's where change starts happening. The prophet Isaiah says, and a baby will be born. And the dominion, dominion, you know what dominion is? Dominion by definition is this. Dominion by definition. I thought I was going to miss this part, and I'm glad I didn't. Because this kind of helps. I'm preaching on dominion, so you need to know what dominion is. Do you know that everybody in here has the right to the dominion of Christ. Dominion is the power. Listen to me, the power. Some of you don't believe you're powerful. Some of you don't believe your words are powerful. If you would stop dishonoring with your words and start honoring with your words, you'd realize all the separation has come from the power of your words. My spouse isn't anything that I want them to be. That's because you spoke them that way. My kids aren't anything that I want them to be. It's because you spoke them that way. My job isn't anything that I thought. When I got this job, I thought this job was the answer, God. And God goes, yeah, but you spoke to that job wrong. Don't speak to the building wrong. Don't speak to the land wrong. Don't speak to the city wrong. Don't speak to your spouse wrong. Don't speak to... You have dominion. And you, listen, because you don't know who you are, you don't even realize you're operating in dominion. And the more negativity rises in America, the enemy realizes you're just using your dominion to create negativity. Because the promise in Isaiah was that the dominion would come to bring prosperity and peace, not poverty and a destroyed economics and a destroyed government. He said the governments of this earth would rest on Jesus' shoulders. How does that begin to happen? I'm glad you're asking. It happens through your relationship with Him. His government comes through your rights. Your life has a right. And you have a right to the inheritance of the kingdom of God. You have a right to your freedom. You have a right to your joy. You have a right to your peace. You have a right to your prosperity. And it's all found through the covenant and the blood of Jesus. You have the right to live life abundantly, glorious, and forever. You have a right. You have dominion. You have the power or the right 
of governing and control. You have the right to control the storms in your life. You have the right to control the division in your life. You have a right that anything that seems out of order in your life, you tap into Jesus and you can bring. That's why literally Apostle D said, hey, we need to stand on the beaches and say, no, no storms. We need to sit there. No, 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 no. But how do you walk in that dominion? One word. Our word for 2024. L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E. And when you're not operated, how do I know if I'm operated in L-O-V-E? Go to Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. Keeps no records of wrongs. It's not puffed up. It's not true trying to prove itself right. There's our guideline. But don't let that become your relationship. My relationship is giving that. Not talking about it. It's giving that in everything that I do. In everything that I do, I'm telling you, I preached for years. When you're walking in the will of God, you'll have somebody that wants to deny you. You have somebody that will betray you, and you have a crowd that wants to crucify you. I'm now in the phase three that I never thought I would be in in my life, but I'm here. So you know what? I don't stop doing loving. People are asking me right now, why do you continue to do this for the city? Why do you continue to do that for these kids? Love. Love. Love was the motivator in the beginning. Love will be the motivator in the end. Love will be the motivator in the middle. And love will be the ultimate call that drives anybody to do anything that will bring forth fruit, that brings peace, that brings prosperity, not fear, not manipulation, not rule out of title. Love will be the answer for everything in our lives because we were called to operate like love. Genesis, right here, put it up for me. Genesis one twenty six. Then God said... Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, which means abilities. We were called to look like and walk in the abilities of God Almighty, which means we were called to walk. And this is where people are like, oh, you're acting like you're a little God. No, I'm telling you, we were supposed to look and act like love. We were made to operate the exact same way. It's Abba Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why the scripture tells us that we were made in a likeness of our, our likeness, which means the three deity, the three accord of the Godhead bodily that becomes one was love, loving, love, loving, love, like we've never seen before. And we're being invited back into that dance of the paraparesis of us to be understanding love, loving, love, loving, love, which means this, and no matter where I look, I'm loved. If I look back, I'm loved. If I get detoured to the right, I'm loved. If I get detoured to the left, I'm loved. And if I'm straight mac dab in the will of God, I am loved by Almighty God. That's what that is. We were made in this. We were made in the trifecta of love, loving love, loving love. And anytime we operate outside of love, we're op outside of the character of God and we've all been there we've all been there but this Christmas is not about a baby that came to be a savior from hell this baby came first prophecy Isaiah there's one coming that we're going to rest the dominion of the earth on his shoulders and it's not so that he's not the type of king that's a one man show He's not the type of king that's a micromanager. 
He's the kind of king that wants you to join him in an epic revolution. And your epic revolution may be Brazil, it may be Africa, but Northgate, yours is Streetsboro. Yours is Northeast Ohio. Yours may be your family. Yours may be your spouse. The first thing that you conquer is your spouse. The next thing you conquer is your kids. Then your mom and dad. Then your brothers and sisters. Then it may be somebody in the city. Then it may be somebody in the county. Then it may be somebody in the state. We are here to affect the world with love. Woo, preach, beloved identity message. Why? Because we got too many people punching a clock 40 hours a week looking for a vacation going, when am I going to die? When is this going to be over? When is this going to end? So I can go to the sweet by and by. And I'm telling you, God wants to open heaven like he did with Jacob and say, I'm about to create a nation called a garden in a city called Streetsboro. But he needs a Jacob that will wrestle with his identity and get a name change so that you can know that you're Israel. What if your Eden's right here where your feet are? What if your Eden's right here? What if our everything we've ever dreamed about is right here, right now? Why am I here? Don't look for a stage. Don't look for a microphone. Don't look for money. Why am I here? Why am I here? I'm here to find out how loved I am. He put me here to find out how loved I am right here. Because if I can figure out I'm loved in Ohio... If I can figure out I'm loved in this weather, if I can figure out I'm loved with these sports teams, if I can figure out that I'm loved right here. Sixty today, twenty tomorrow. Don't curse it. Because your garden's here. Don't curse it. Because your future's here. Don't curse it because your launch pad's here. Don't curse it. Let us make God in our image according to his likeness. Let them have dominion. Let them have... Sounds like the dominion of Isaiah, but he was trying to give it to us first. He was trying to give it to us through relationship. And when Adam and Eve couldn't understand relationship walking with Abba, he then sent Jesus into the earth so that we can now walk with his son to understand the relationship and dominion that he tried to give Adam and Eve is still available for every single one of us today. We did not get disqualified. The problem was we didn't fit. In an Old Testament model, we needed a New Testament covenant of a God, of a Father, that would spread His arms and give His life. And there's no greater love than a man laid down his life for the people that he loves. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, over the birds, over the deer, I mean cattle. Over all the earth, over the creepy things that creeps on the earth. Thought it was odd that they put that in there. Because why didn't they just say bugs? Because God wants you to know the things that creep you out and make you run away. You're actually supposed to stand up to them. Quit making this about spiders. This might be people. 
a creepy thing that's trying to get you to run away from what you're supposed to have dominion over. These people that transcribed this Bible could have been smart enough to write insects, but they didn't. They said creeps. Quit letting creeps. I'm telling you, man. Quit letting creeps run you away from things you're supposed to love. Quit letting creeps run you away from people that you're supposed to love. Let creeps, stop letting creeps run you off of what you can shift. Y'all hear me? Go to verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he was created. He created them male and female. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it be. 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 (laughs) Go to verse 28. Then God blessed them. He told, watch, he told them who they were. He told them what they're supposed to have dominion over. And then the next thing he does is blesses them where they are. Once they start figuring out the creepy things don't have dominion over you, that's when you'll start realizing you're blessed. Last thing he tells them is you have dominion over creepy things. You were created as male and female, which I believe is this. You were created the way you were created. Quit trying to be somebody else. Quit trying to compare yourself to somebody else. God wants to do what? Bless you. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. When God says be fruitful and multiply, I want you to understand this. This is the different things that he wanted you to multiply in the earth. There are different types of fruit. First, there's the production of mankind. Next thing here is there's the fruitfulness of your lips. You speak life and death, Proverbs 12, 14. The fruit of your labor, anything that you touch would be blessed. The fruit of a womb and then literally the fruit of your thoughts would result in harvest. You are a fruitful human being in everything you talk about, everything you look about, everything that you touch. That's why it's important on what you say. Because if you talk negative, get away from negative people. Negativity will stop you from being fruitful. Y'all tracking with me? Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion again over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves in the earth. What does dominion look like when Christ, the baby, the king is born and then he's received? Relationship-wise. You ready? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you right here in Matthew 8. And then I'm going to finish, Lita. 6.44. I didn't start preaching until 6.15. I'm 30 minutes into this sermon. Amen. You should have, hallelujah, rather, glory to God. If we go to 9 o'clock, it's because the is singing. I'm just telling you right now, it's because they start prophetically flowing. It's because Armin won't stop. <laughs> Isn't it funny? And I'm not busting leader. 
we have people that literally will sit in a two and a half, three hour rainy football game from Buffalo all the way to Cleveland today. But God forbid church go two hours. We got people all, all over this region that hunted because it was two days of glorious gun season. Sat in the rain, didn't see anything. But won't sit in a church where you can see God. All right, I'm off my pedestal. That's it. <laughs> this is what dominion looks like when you realize your love. And the only way you can realize your love is when you realize how much God loves you and you realize the importance of who God has surrounded you by to teach you to love yourself. Because I've been around the people that don't make me feel loved. I've heard the accusations. I've heard the of people trying to steer me off my path. Y'all tracking with me? Yeah. Our language creates our world. Matthew 8, this is dominion of Jesus. That he wants to give Adam and Eve, but now he's given to 12 disciples. Watch. Then Jesus went into Peter's home and found Peter's mother-in-law bedridden, severely ill with a fever. The moment Jesus touched her hand, she was healed. Immediately, she got up. Remember, dominion is the right and authority and control of governing and speaking life. Jesus heals her immediately. Watch this. Immediately, she got up out of her bad situation and began to make dinner for them and serve them. Verse 16. That evening, the people brought, watch, she co-labors with Jesus, feeds him, partners with him, serves him and the disciples. Why? Because they're about to go into a mass deliverance ministry. Watch how one healing in your life, one miracle in your life, when served and honored correctly, now can be the setup for you to impact everybody else. This is why God wanted to give dominion to Adam and Eve, not just the man. He wanted to give it to the woman too because he needed some people that would get in covenant relationship that could multiply the love of God in the earth. That's why be fruitful and multiply. It's not just about having kids. It's about the love of God being a ripple effect in your world. So that evening, the people brought to him who were demonized. And Jesus only speaking a word of healing over them. They were totally set free by their torment. And everyone who was sick received healing. So when we figure out we're loved and we know who our God is and we want to serve God and serve those that are attached to God's ministry and we start honoring everybody we're connected to, we now see people being set free and healed all over the place. You know what I didn't see in any of those three verses? Complaining. Jesus, what took you so long to get up in my house? You know, it, remember, it was Peter's mama's house. She didn't talk trash to her son. Well, it's about time you showed up. There was no sarcasm. Get sarcasm off your lips. Learn to love in the moment. She got healed. There was no complaining. There was no criticism. And all of a sudden, a ripple effect starts happening. 
in the church, somebody gets healed, somebody gets blessed, we start complaining. Where's mine? When are you going to do this? Listen, when you honor like Peter's mama honored, then yours will come through the set free. Listen, you may not get yours, but somebody around you might get set free. Somebody around you might get healed. There's some time of a ripple effect before it hits your land. I can throw a rock way out in a pond, and it may take minutes before it touches me. But if I don't throw the initial rock and let your rock be servanthood, let your rock be honor, let your rock be love, let your rock be hope, let your rock be peace. His timing ain't your timing. His ways aren't your ways. But he said, my thoughts and plans toward you aren't evil. He said, my thoughts and plans. If you think he's evil, it's because somebody told you. Or should I say this? Because somebody complained around you and you agreed with it. Somebody got negative around you and you agreed with it. And then all of a sudden, the encounter at the altar, the tears, the shaking, the over-controlling presence of God doesn't seem as important anymore as the vengeance, vindication of complaining that has never fixed anyone. Complaining don't fix a marriage. Complaining don't get somebody off drugs. Complaining don't get somebody healed. Complaining does nothing but satisfy the complainer. And at the end of the day, the complainer's not satisfied. They're just sowing a ripple effect of negativity, of misbelief. Y'all tracking with me? Y'all enjoying this? Merry Christmas. Jesus in a manger. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> but watch this. Peter's mama gets healed. Many get healed. Many demonized people get set free. And then watch what happens. In doing this, Jesus now has fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that I read to you. He put upon himself the weakness... And he carried away our disease and made us well. Watch this, verse 18. At the sight of the large crowd gathering around him, Jesus gave orders to his disciples. Remember, this dominion is a co-laboring. He gives orders to his disciples to get ready to sail back over to the other side of the lake. Just then, a religious scholar approaches him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you... Anybody ever been in that church service? And they're like, I'm ready for revival. Mighty God. I saw people get healed, saved, delivered, set free. I was at youth camp. Kids were hovering off the ground. It was nuts. I saw angels. I saw gold dust. Who's been in them church services? We all have. That's why we're here. Watch this guy. A religious leader approached him and said this, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied to him and says, Foxes have holes, or foxes have dens. I'm quoting King James because this is one of my verses that I've done for years. Foxes have holes and birds have nests. But the Son of God has no true home. King James Version said, The Son of God has no place to rest his head. The discovery in the Greek is that he tells him, you want to follow me, you want a part of this, but are you willing to allow me to put my dominion, my authority 
are you going to let me put my rights? Are you going to let me put my dominion on your shoulders? And if you do this, you're not going to make this about you. Because I may ask you to give up everything so you can gain everything. I may ask you to give up everything so that you can gain everything. And how does he get him to understand you can give up everything so that you can gain everything? Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But I ain't got no place to sleep. There's some people that will deny me. They're going to rebuke me. They're going to try to kill me. They're going to talk about me. They're going to talk about you. Who are you connecting yourself with? Are they ready to go through the valley of the shadow of the death with you? Are they ready to walk through hell with you? I'm not asking are they ready to celebrate demonized people being set free and people being healed. Are you ready where I lay my head and I call home? Are you willing to be close with me like family so that we can have the same inheritance Y'all tracking with me? That's why he worded it like that. That's why it says that he's a scholar and he spoke to him in a riddle so he could begin to understand, are we ready to be family? I ain't asking if we're ready to have a good conference. I'm not asking if we're ready to have a good church service. I'm asking when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, are you still with me? Because you know what was being asked right here. Can I be like Peter? Can I be like John? Can I be like Timothy? Can I be like him? Can I be like James and John, the sons of thunder? Can I be like them? Can I run with you the way they're running with you? Yeah, if you're willing to run with me to the end. How do we understand that? Because there's another guy standing there who's like, this is awesome. Watch what Jesus says to this guy. This phrase, this Bible quote has got me in trouble. This Bible quote, this is Bible. Somebody looked at me one time and said, I can't believe you're reading that scripture to me. It's in the Bible. What are you talking about? Then another man, me and Tina were talking about this today. I didn't catch this till the other day. Another man spoke up and said, Lord, I will follow you, but first. Watch this. Watch this. But first, I must take care of my aged father and bury him when he dies. You know what I've always heard? You know what phrase you will all have heard? Let the dead bury the dead, right? Let the dead bury the dead. He didn't die yet. But because the boy wouldn't leave something he was connected to by obligation, he makes a statement. He's sick. You just saw him heal a bunch of people. But you couldn't believe he could do it for you because he didn't know he was loved. You just watched him. Peter's mom. A bunch of people get set free from demons. A bunch of people just got killed free. Literally, scribes and Pharisees stand up and going. The prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled. The prophecy of Isaiah. This is the Messiah. I want to run with you, but I've got some issues going on. You need to understand the issue is not your daddy's sick, and the issue is not that your dad is about to die. The issue is you don't know who's standing in front of you. You don't know how much you're loved, and God will heal him and set him free just like everybody else. You have to believe if God did it for somebody else, God is going to do it for me. 
I got to start believing when I see it for somebody else, he's going to do it for me. And just like Peter's mom, I got to celebrate and I got to serve and I got to honor when I am in the presence of something good happening. What did I preach to you guys last week? If you don't feel passionate and you don't feel on fire, serving and honoring will rekindle that flame. What are you to serve and honor? Where the hand of God is. You serve in honor where the hand of God is. Partake in the goodness of Abba. Isn't this crazy all this is happening? And what Jesus was wanting to do this whole time was the boy that couldn't understand foxes have holes and birds have nests, but I just want you to run with me. And another guy has a sick dad. Jesus could have took care of both situations. He would have gave that guy, because what he was really saying, foxes have holes and birds have nests, and I've got nowhere to lay my head, but I'm comfortable running with 12 guys that have my back. And they're going to have a setback too. But they're also going to find an upper room where they're going to find out a new covenant through the Holy Ghost, how loved they are by me. And when they figure out how loved they are by me through the Holy Spirit, because now it's the trifecta of Genesis, love, loving, love, loving, love. When they figure out how much the Holy Ghost and fire loves them and how much Holy Ghost is a comforter and how much Holy Ghost is a counselor and a guider, these rascals will stick together till they're pulled apart by horses, till they're crucified upside down, till they are martyred to death. That's the kind of love they find that started with God saying, I don't want you to be in love with a book, and I don't want you to be in love with stone uh, tablets. I want to send my son in the form of a baby so you can learn to understand that there is a love relationship that you can have with me that can't be broken, and I want you to understand you can have it with each other. And matter of fact, before I die, I'll make sure that I say a prayer that you learn to love each other the way me and the Father have loved each other. That's why that baby came. That baby came for one reason. So we could learn to love God and learn to love each other. And not say that this is the golden rule. The golden rule is my love for him. And if that's on a road, let it be on a road. If that's on a hiking trail, let it be on a hiking trail. If that's at an altar in a church, let it be at an altar in a church. If that's driving down a highway, then let it be driving down a highway. If that's walking in a desert, let it be walking in a desert. If that's swimming in a lake, let it be swimming in a lake. If that's swinging a baseball bat, let it be swinging a baseball bat. If that's me cutting firewood, let me cut firewood. If that's me standing over a grill, then let me be where God is speaking to me. And how do you know when somebody is being in that presence? You can see it on them. Because you know what they do? They encourage you to go get God. In this room, do you want more of Him? I do. Because the ultimate goal of what's going on right in here is the next thing that He does is He wants to take those disciples. And Remember He said, we got we to gotta, we gotta go across the lake. We got to go across the lake. They start growing across the lake. What happens? Anxiety comes up because a storm comes. You just seen him heal Peter's mom. You just seen him heal all kinds of people. Demonized people get set free. 
you see people that want to run with him, you're with him. You're with him. And anxiety still hits those that run with him. You know what's awesome? He comes up out of his rest, doesn't step into their anxiety, and says, peace be still to their storm. So I don't know what your storms are. Some of you may be in some full-blown, wind-blowing, waves-crashing storms. Some of you may just see it coming over the horizon. Some of you may be in a little rain. But here's what every single one of you need to know the answer. Don't be like the guy who says, my dad's sick, and he might die, but he's not dead. Quit speaking him into his grave, sir. When you're trying to connect to the one who will give him life. Because how did you meet him? You met him in the multitude of a deliverance and a healing. How did you meet God? Where were you when you met him? Where were you? Everybody go down that road right now. When I make that statement, there's two specific places. One is when I'm an 11-year-old boy at God's church in Ravenna. And I have this incredible encounter with God. And I can remember in that church, people being set free from demons, people being healed. I can remember all kinds of stuff. And then I can also remember when I was a drug addicted, perverted, prideful, angry, broken man at East Market Street Church of God 20 years ago. And he stepped in my boat because I was in a full-blown storm. And he was the same God that encountered me as an 11-year-old boy as now as a 26-year-old man. And he came with the same ferocious love as a pure 11-year-old boy was and as broken as a 26-year-old man was. And he's the same God that comes with a ferocious love that last year under the oaks when my apostle says, I need leaders to go after him first before you tell people to go after him, that same ferocious love comes after me at 43. The same love, same feeling, same amount, same overwhelming presence. Do you know what is the same with all of them? I was willing to receive no matter what. And I've got to realize, Armin, if you're going up, Mike, if you go shut the lights off. I've got to realize my life counts. You got to realize your life counts. There are some things happening in your world. Isaiah says dominion. I want you to hear me. Isaiah says, I want to give dominion. Genesis says, I want to give dominion. Matthew 8 shows us the dominion. What does God have dominion over? Demons? Sickness? Anxiety? Fear? Watch, you ready? Wind and waves. Some of you in the room, you need God to deliver you from darkness, demonic darkness, 
that continues to misidentify you. You need delivered from it tonight. There's some of you in this room, you need healing in your body. There's some of you in this room, walking with God and seeing all of His goodness. Storms are coming. Rain's coming. Lightning's crashing. Waves are hitting your life. And in that moment, you're going, God, where are you? And in a peaceful position, God stands for them. I need you to believe God will stand up for you tonight. I need you listening to this podcast, live stream, and in this room, quit thinking God's not going to stand up for you. Because He will. And God stood up for those boys and their exact words was criticism. Do you not love us? We might die here. It might, watch, it might end here. I'm speaking to myself right now. It might end right here. God said, no, it's not. Because I'm here. And in Matthew 8, he said, I'm crossing over into something new. And we're going to impact another guy over there who's chained to graves. And we're going to watch him get delivered too. We're on a journey together. So you need to let God stand up for you. And whatever you're going through, you need to let God say, peace be still. And partner with His dominion. So that you can be fruitful and multiply in what you see, what you speak, what you hear, what you touch, what you birth. He told Adam and Eve, I'm giving you my dominion. And I want you to take it and spread it. And when they couldn't believe that, even in their screw up, he births a son named Jesus to fix everything that Adam and Eve thought they messed up. There are no setbacks, only setups. What the enemy intended for evil, God will turn for good. What the enemy intended for evil, God will turn for good. And all things work together for the goods of those that love God that are called according to His purpose. You know what you got to do tonight? You got to repent? No. 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 I'm asking you to just get loved on. I'm going to ask you when they start singing, I'm going to ask you to love on Jesus and let Jesus stand up for you. Because the answer to your story is you in Christ. You're the answer. You're the answer to the storm. The Christ in you is the answer. The Christ in you is the answer. The Christ in you. The Christ in you. I don't know if Christ is in me. Then I need you to go back to the first encounter. When the world controlled you and love, ferocious love, said, come here. I was an alcoholic, on steroids, doing meth, perversion, flooded every area of my life. I was rejected, 
because of my bala. I could tell you, screwed up, screwed up, screwed up, screwed up, screwed up, screwed up, screwed up. God wasn't interested in my screw ups because love keeps no record of wrongs. Can I tell you again, this is about love. Love is patient, it's kind, it keeps no record of your wrongs. Somebody hear me. Love keeps no record. My family's going through this. No, no, stop. No, no, no. Your family, whatever it's going through, it's because God's about to show up. God's about to show up in your marriage. God's about to show up in your relationships. God's about to show up in your kids. God's about to show up in your company. God's about to show up. Why? Because the world seemed dark, but Isaiah had a prophecy that you will find a babe in a manger in swaddling clothes, and he would be the answer. He would be the answer. Christ in me is the answer. Christ in me. The wonderful one. The extraordinary strategist. That's who I give my life to. Come on, right now. My life ain't going the way I want. Then I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to give it to the extraordinary strategist. And I'm going to show you that he used every bit of this to set you up. He used every bit of this for your victory. He used every bit of this so you could stand as tall as you need to stand, so you could be as beautiful as you really are. He's using every bit of this. Every piece in your life up to right here is just a setup. So that you can be proud of yourself and everybody around you can say, look what God has done. You're going to get to say that. You're going to get to say, look what he did. And all the desires of your heart for yourself, for your kids, for your kids' kids cannot be stopped. There's no shame allowed in this room. There's no shame allowed in the presence of Almighty God. There's no regret in His presence. There's no screw-ups in His presence. Any man who's moved forward and looks back, the looking back will make you feel like you don't fit. How do you shift that? Look forward. Look forward. Look forward. Something's not fitting in my life right now. Just look forward. You were moving forward. All things work together for the good to those that love God, that are called according to His purpose. And you heard Him, Travis, call your name. You heard Him call your name. I heard Him. I heard Almighty God call your name. Love is calling you. Where's love calling you tonight? Where's love? What's love calling you out of? And what storm is love about to speak peace be still to? There's no shadow I won't light up. No mountain I won't climb up coming after you. There's no wall I won't kick down. No lie I won't tear down coming after you. Come on, there's no shadow. I won't light up. No mountain. I won't climb. No wall. I won't kick down for you. I sent my son for you. Let the power of love begin to arise in this room. Let the power of love 
begin to arise over this live stream. Let the power of love begin to grow in your sons and daughters, Yahweh. Let the power of love be manifest in 2024. And let love have its rightful dominion. Dominion is love. It's not fearful authority. The dominion of Christ is love. Unconditional, unmeasurable love. It sets the captive free. It breaks the chains that hold us back. Love set me free. The psalmist when I was a kid said love lifted me when nothing else could. When nothing else could. It was love that lifted me. Come on. If God is tugging on your heart tonight to calm a storm, then I want you to come to the altar. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you want God to change your story, come on. Come on. If you want God to change your family story, then get baptized in love. If you want God to change your kids, get baptized in love tonight. If you want to see the chains of addiction break, get baptized in love. When nothing else worked, it was love that lifted me. It was love that lifted me. When nothing else worked, it was the love of Jesus that lifted me. His love delivers. His love heals. Come on. His love delivers. His love. Come on, kids. Come on. Come on. Let's go, North King. Let's set an atmosphere. Let's set an atmosphere. I don't want anybody ministering to anybody. I want us going after love. I don't want anybody touching anyone. I want us to go after God. Go after love. Love is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Let love write your story. Let love write your story. here tonight knowing we're loved by Abba let's leave here tonight I don't want anybody touching anybody I want you to encounter love I want you to encounter it you gotta let them have the moment you gotta let them have the breakthrough with God No wall you won't Come on, Northgate. No Come on, Northgate. Streets world needs you to let love lift it. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't power. Come on. Coming after me. We declare the love of Jesus over Streets world.
broken hearts. Go after it. Go after Jesus. Go after Jesus.
get in a group of three, a three-man court and pray for their family. Pray for their family. Come on. Come on, all over this room. Get in groups of three. <sighs> Ashley, get with Cookie and her. Come on. Pray for, pray for your family. If you got to make a group of four, make a group of four. Two and three. Two and three.
over a sea he lands in a land and sees a man that everybody in the city gave up on I'm paraphrasing this but that's the truth nobody could control him so they chained him up in a cemetery and it said that the man would cut himself with rocks And he would torture himself 
And when love, not when love spoke, when love stepped on the land, every bit of darkness, every demon in that land began to say, what is love doing here? And the next thing they said was our time has ran out, hasn't it? I'm here to tell somebody tonight, whatever darkness has been following you, because love is present in this room, whatever darkness has been, whatever negativity, time has ran out. And what a city could not control, love promoted. What a city had no use for, and had no dreams for and no future for. Jesus steps in, sets the man free of his personal torment, and makes him the leader of 16 cities. I declare over Haley and Travis, you will no longer be misidentified. God will never count you out. Your leaders in your own story. To anyone else in this room, stop counting yourself out. Because where the past tries to make you a prisoner, God's going to set you free because that's what a cemetery is. It's a past full of dead things. And at one point in that man's life, he was chained to his past. And he couldn't see beyond his past. And God comes in and shows him his future. Quit being chained to the dead areas of your life. And let love speak to your future. How many voices had spoke to that man and misidentified him and distracted him from his future? Stay away from voices that will distract you from the love of God. Because they'll chain you down and you'll never go any further than where you are. And love comes in and says, I'm not going to let it end like this. I'm not going to let it end like this. Love comes in and breaks those chains. So I've been praying this on Mondays for a while now. Sever the discord. Sever the relationships that bring discord between me and you, Jesus. It's what I've been praying over this church. Ask Legacy Academy and ask the leaders. I've been praying anything that sows discord in your life, that God will begin to remove it so that you can move forward into everything you wake up and dream. You literally daydream. Man, if this would happen, God's going, that's my plans for you. 
I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I saw, I saw a video today of a man who was watching an old fisherman fish on a dock. And he had a bucket full of crabs. And there was this one crab that was determined to not be captive anymore. And that crab was trying to climb over top of that bucket and get set free. And the young man yells to the old fisherman. He says, hey, you're about to lose one of your crabs. The old fisherman waits a second, looks back without even hesitation. Son, you just need to watch. He kept fishing. Did not respond to the little fire that was, the man thought was happening. And sure enough, in that one moment of that crab trying to find its freedom, all the other crabs reached up. And instead of following that one into freedom, they pulled that one crab back into captivity. Some of you are trying to go somewhere in God. You got some crabby people around you that keep pulling you back. And it's time to let go. It's time to let go. It's time to let go and go experience a whole new world outside of your captivity. Because I could picture it if those crabs had a voice. Just stay here. Just stay here with us. Proximity to Jesus and kingdom family is everything. It's everything. It fixes everything when nothing else can. Proximity to the wrong people keep you in prison. You want change? It's one step at a time. The Bible says it like this. Yoke yourself to people. If I want to harvest. Apostle D used this years ago for dating. But I'm talking about any relationship. Jesus talks about right relationships. About being yoked to oxen. Moving at the same pace at the same time. That's the only way a field can be plowed. And a harvest can be obtained. As you connect yourself to the right people and you move forward. Connect yourself to the right people. First of all, that are going after God with every fiber that's within them. I'm sorry that I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm thankful God didn't make me to be a quiet because that's not what this region needs. Thank you, God, for redirecting my language right here. Some people think a preacher and a pastor has to be this quiet, little introverted, reserved. My love is big and it's loud. And obviously that's what this city and this region needs is loud love, passion. So I'm telling you, be passionate in all that you do and let's change the city of Streetsboro to know love like never before let's change Portage County to know love like never before
Let's show our families love like never before. And how do we do that? Serve and honor. Serve and honor. If you had an encounter with the Lord tonight, last week I taught you, coming out of this, serve and honor. Where do you serve and honor? Where the hand of God is. Where the hand of God is. Now, I want everybody to listen to me. Before Peter's mom could serve and the ripple effect happen of revival, she had to have her encounter with Jesus first. I know when the Spirit started moving in here, everybody wanted to hug somebody, everybody wanted to lay hands on somebody, everybody wanted to pray with somebody. You're not God. No, listen to me. You're not Jesus. But God told me, stop with that. Stop. People have to have an encounter with Him first. I've watched my apostle do it for years at youth camp. I know you love big. And I know you want to help. But people have to encounter Jesus first. Then you can minister. It says that Jesus touched her first. And then she began to minister to everybody else. Northgate, we've had a protocol around here for a long time. Don't get out of that. Don't slip out of that. And it's not quenching. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's a house of order. It's a house of order. We have leaders first. Then we have will direct as Holy Spirit needs us to. I got a feeling over the next year this thing's going to get bigger. And we got to remain in order first when the visitors start coming in. Because you want to get chaotic real quick? Everybody start doing a prophetic parking lot free-for-all? Prophecy without apostolic order gets perverted 100% of the time. Y'all hear me? Glory follows order. We will operate exactly how our apostle teaches in this house. I'll direct when people need to go minister. Everybody good? All right. Because Haley and Travis tonight need Jesus. That's who they needed. And with Jesus, they get all of you. But we we can't let that get out of order. You need Jesus first. Not Josh and Jeremy, not Wendy. You need Jesus first. Not Jimmy, not Justin. You need Jesus first. You need Him. He is your answer. We can only assist God. And that's for everybody in this room. Your relationship with Jesus is number one. That's number one. That's number one. And I'll admit to everybody in this room, I tried to be a savior to a lot of people. Guess what that does? Backfires 100% of the time. Our job as believers is to get them to Him. And then He'll take care of the rest. And then I should only assist when Holy Spirit leads me to assist. If you've not listened to Kingdom Conversations... I want you to go back and listen to the last kingdom conversation of Apostle D and Bryn. And then I want you to listen to not this past Friday, the 15th. I want you to go back to the 8th. 
and listen to apostles teaching after kingdom conversations. And one of the things you'll hear our apostles say, there are t- you could hear it in the quiver of his voice, there are times I want to step in as a spiritual father. But he can't because he's not God. There are some things I spoke last week and Big Mike spoke on. There are some things that you have to walk with God through by yourself first. And you want, watch, you want somebody to come with you. And sometimes us as people want to walk with them. Because we love them. And God's going, no. David wrote, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because God is with me. Does that make sense? I love this church, and I love churches all over America. But I'd rather see a lot more I love Jesus t-shirts than I love my church. Because if we get that out of order, there's going to be times where people are going to let you down. Hear me? People are going to let you down. God will not. God will not. And I'm going to be the first one as an apostolic leader to tell everybody I don't have the answers. I don't have all of them. I don't. But He does. He does. And His voice is way more amazing than mine. Jesus' voice is way more amazing than mine. Amen? We got... Seven days till Christmas, correct? Be generous. Be generous. You never know what somebody's going through. You never know what somebody's going through. So many people have a bad view of what holidays are. And we can show them the right answer. Does that make sense? You never know what happened to people during holiday seasons. Financially, what's happening to them? Family member sick. Family member could have passed. You never know what somebody's going through. Be patient with them. Give somebody else the parking spot. Let somebody else go to the cash register. Hold a door open. It's little things. It's little things where people need to see kindness and love. And you know how I roll with this. Don't just do this during the holiday season. Make this a way of life. But I am thankful that people are more generous during this time. My prayer is that it becomes all the time. All the time. I think Easter, you should celebrate resurrection every day. I think Christmas, we should be generous all year long. I think Valentine's Day is the biggest scam on the planet. I want to love my wife. All, sweetest day is even worse. You saying you don't like holidays? I'm just saying we can be full of that joy all the time. And only let those holidays be a reminder of what I'm supposed to be celebrating all year. Does that make sense? Me and Tina love y'all big. Thank you for running with us. And let's continue to believe best is yet to come. Amen? The best is yet to come. No matter what you're going through, believe for the best. 
believe for the best because it's coming. It's coming. I promise. I promise. The best is yet to come. Bill, we're thankful for the good reports of your father. And we're believing for a full turnaround and a full healing. We are with you guys 100% of the way. And to know that your dad is in the hospital and you're here means the world to me and Tina. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's believe that Papa Cutright will come off of that ventilator faster than what they say. And I know, Bill and Beth, what they are standing firmly in. It's been one of the most amazing years I've seen as your pastor for you too. Even at times when you don't see it, I see it. I think this is your greatest year. And it's not over. It's not over. And we're going to end this year celebrating. We're going to celebrate, Beth. We're going to end this year celebrating. Celebrating Colton and Maddie. Celebrating Papa Cutright. God is moving on your sister, Bill. Right now. What the enemy intended for evil, God's going to turn for good. You needed this quality time with your sister so you can tell her how good Abba is. And I know your father will say, what I have walked through at this Christmas, the thankfulness that he'll have with his family together, we'll look back and understand why. I pray that your relationship with your sister grows more than it ever has. And I pray that Maddie and Colton see your guys' faithfulness and steadiness. I'm telling you prophetically, you've not handled any of this wrong. You've handled every bit of this like a father. Father's a staple. Listen when he speaks. He doesn't know how much wisdom he has, but I'm declaring in this house how much wisdom he has. He'll save you from many detours. Trust his voice. God is trying to speak to him and speak through him to you, Chloe, and Colton right now. I've been asking God for, let, God, let me give you a word that would be encouraging. He has the voice of prophecy in this season of your life right now. Everything he's saying to you is because he loves you. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. That's the best way I can speak to you everything that I see and hear. Man. Hear the voice of encouragement. Man, because God has plans for your life. Man, to receive that in confidence. That God of the universe has plans for me. Yeah. 
That's fear of the Lord in here. It is fear of the Lord in here. Haley and Travis, we celebrate you tonight. And I'm going to say this publicly. This house and this area is safe for Samantha. You hear me? You know why? Because our apostle said, this is a safe place for you to bring your families. This is a safe place for you to raise your children. Man, I just... This is a safe place for you to plant your families. And this is a safe place for you to raise your children. Everybody hear that in the room. This is a safe place for you to plant your families. This is a safe place for you to raise your children. This is a safe place to raise your children. You in this room is a prophecy fulfilled. I told that mama to go get you. Because you're not the bottom of your family tree. Haley, you're actually the answer to your family tree. And you don't know it, but we've been praying for you in here on Mondays. And you're going to be on this stage singing with Mama T. We saw it. Your dreams to sing, your dreams to be a mama, your dreams to be married. God is going to use you to show your family, look what the Lord has done. And it's not in arrogance, it's taste and see that the Lord is good. And she's in the great cloud of witnesses that gets a front row seat to everything that she prayed for. You're an answer, sweetheart. Listen, you're an answer, not a problem. You're an answer, not a problem. There are no setbacks, only setups. There are no setbacks, only setups. Don't let the devil lie to you. I stumbled. Yeah, and a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up because he's loved. Imagine if the world would understand you're not a problem, you're an answer. Every one of you in here are an answer to somebody's prayer. You're an answer. You're an answer to somebody's prayer. How many of you have been lied to that I'm a problem? No, you're an answer. You're an answer. You're an answer. I think when we release this podcast, we release the worship all the way to here. I think it's important. I think it's important. Nietzsche, you hear me? You and Big Mike work that out musically, word, prophecies, all that. It all needs to go out. Because I think there's going to be some people that listen to this podcast, and they're going to need the worship. And then they're going to need to hear prophecies over family members. And Haley's word is going to be an answer to some people. Because there are people that think that I'm, I'm a problem. And God's going to know you're actually the answer. You're not a problem, you're an answer. You don't think you're an answer to her prayers? 
that woman ain't never looked at you as a problem. Not on your worst day, son. There's only one person that can put that kind of love in her, and that's Jesus Christ. My greatest prayer for you is that not that you wouldn't get in trouble ever again. My greatest prayer for you is that you know how loved you are by God and the people in this room. Let the truth set you free. You're not a problem. You're an answer. And I pray you see in my eyes what he saw in my eyes. I hope you saw something in my eyes tonight that Justin saw in my eyes. Stay connected to that man behind you until we both send you. Do him right. Do him right. Because you'll raise something up and send something. That's why you're so drawn. Because you've got to raise him. But to raise something up, Justin, you have to get their heart before he can ask for their hands. The same way I've done for you. It's almost over, son. You hear me? Abba saw your tears right there four weeks ago. It's almost over. Let me say it like this. It's coming to an end. You've handled this attack of infirmity well. Like a man of God. Honorably. Just believe, son, how loved you are. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Feel it in your inner world right now. You have dominion. You know what Papa D said over you? That infirmity tries to attack him to run him out of his region. This is your region, son. This is your home. And the cold weather's not going to run you out of here. You have dominion, buddy. nothing else love lifted me when nothing else could love lifted me when nothing else could love lifted me when nothing else could love lifted me some of them old hymnals were right man they were sending us a right message. When nothing else could change it, could fix it, when nothing else could, it was love. 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 Start baptizing us now, Lord, for 2024. 
the only answer I have for this city. Why do you keep doing some of the things you're doing? Because I love the city and I love the kids. He's preparing me for 2024. I love people. And nobody could put that there but God. God is the creator of your love. What do you love? Let God begin to stir it and move it and shift it and grow it and nurture it. No more sarcasm. No more complaining. No more, no more sarcasm. No more complaining. No more sarcasm. Grow our love. Our love for one another. Our love for our city. Our love for our jobs. Our, lo- our love for our lives. Grow our love, Lord. Manifest it. Manifest our love more. What the enemy intended for evil, God's going to turn for good. All things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. He called you by name. He called you by name. He called you by name. more years of school you got left one I'll see you in 12 months I'll see you in 12 months this is a launch pad for you this house is a launch pad for you I honor everybody who's ever poured into your life but you keep getting drawn back to this house because we're going to launch you into your future out here There's a generation in this region that needs you. I'll see you in 12 months. Cleveland needs RJ. Akron needs RJ. Youngstown needs RJ. I'll see you in 12 months. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Perfect. What a perfect night. What a perfect night. What a perfect night. had a lot of employees two years ago you didn't fail you didn't fail you learned this thing's about to blow up 
That's why you need him. That's why you need Colton. He's not going to be here long. He's got somewhere he's got to go for a season. But Colton and Travis, you teach them to everything that you know. I'm, you learned in an old season, don't do anything like you did in the old season. Do complete opposite. You're about to have employees. Ashley, encourage him because it's about to blow up. Real estate's about to blow up and the flooring company's about to blow up. You didn't fail in an old season. You learned. Get ready. I'm telling you to get ready. You can feel it. You can feel it with every fiber that's within me. Get ready. Why is he doing this for you? Because he loves you and you remained. That's why he's doing it for you. Because you remained. You could have left. But you remained. You stayed the course. It's like a wrestling move today. I encourage everybody to go to her Facebook and watch him coach his son in wrestling. You know what the Lord told me? That's what the Father has been doing for you for the last two years. The way you were on that mat. Literally, I heard the Lord say, you were acting as Holy Spirit and you were acting as Abba Father. Do this, James. Do that, James. Don't give up, James. Keep going, James. Don't give up right here. Keep going. And then you hear the patience of mom in the background. Good job, buddy. Love you. Don't you cuss around my kid. But watch the spiritual actions of him on the side of the mat with his son. And the last two years, that's what Abba's been doing with you. And you know what the outcome is going to be? You win. So good. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.